The Celtics lose another heartbreaker to the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know why the Mavericks are the team that keep doing this to the Boston Celtics, but it does not ruin a great night. Kevin Garnett's jersey retirement. The number five is in the rafters, and Ray Allen is back in his good graces. Yes, right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Uh, Part of your daily routine, this podcast comes to you Monday through Friday. It is free. It is available everywhere podcasts exist. It is available on YouTube. If you've missed the show, you want to scroll back and see if you want to get caught up on something. Every episode at LockedOnCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And I was one of the media voters for the 75th anniversary team. I was at Kevin Garnett's number retirement ceremony. I talked to Ray Allen after the game. I will get to the Ray Allen stuff in the third segment. I will get to the KG stuff in the second segment. I was also at that opening act for the entire night that people probably want to forget about. But it happened. It happened on ABC, 95-92. The Celtics lose to the Dallas Mavericks. Once again, Dallas Mavericks hitting a last-second shot. Don't know why they're the team that wants to hit all these last-second shots. At least it wasn't Luka this time. It was Spencer Dinwiddie this time. But Dallas, when it comes down to the last seconds of a game, you, you just can't be within one shot of the Dallas Mavericks for the Celtics because they're always going to hit that shot. They're just always going to hit that shot. And I, I there's... Didn't matter if they put Boban Marjanovic in there. Boban would have hit the game, the go-ahead uh, three. Anybody who took that shot, that thing was going in. I knew it. I said before the game they can't do it. That's just how it goes with the Celtics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season. With more props, odds, lines than ever before, Bet Online is where the game starts. So this first segment, I'm just going to get through the game. We can talk more about the game tomorrow if you want. But I don't think people want. Uh, First of all, the basics, the Celtics lose 95-92. They got 21 points from Jason Tatum. 7-23 shooting, 3-10 of from 3. Kind of back down to earth for JT. Uh, Same thing with Jalen Brown. 14 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. 37% shooting, 2-7 of from 3. Really, only a couple of people shot well. Robert Williams, because he always shoots well. And Al Horford, 6-10. of Al Horford was the reason why the Celtics even had a shot in this game. Early on, post-ups, great defense. He ended up with five steals and two blocks. I mean, this was awesome Al Horford. This this was a fantastic game for him. Um, Other than that, everyone kind of couldn't hit much. Peyton Pritchard, a couple of threes. Grant Williams, 0-4. That's not good. Derek White, 0-4. These from three. That's not good. Marcus Smart, one of four from three. Uh, Even Horford was one of three, but just cold shooting. Cold shooting for sure. 
was part of the problem in this deal. The big problem, Luka Doncic in the first quarter leaves the game and he's like holding the back of his legs. I'm, st- I'm standing there or sitting there, direct line of sight, and he's kind of like holding his hamstring. He's holding his leg. Don't know what he's doing. So, uh, Cavs PR isn't saying what the issue is. They just said he's available to return, which he did. The Celtics started out switching on him, and then they started like doubling and blitzing him, trying to give it up. And I think that's fine sometimes, but I, I just feel like they did it too much. I wanted to see Luca at whatever percent he was, you know, below 100%, because I don't think he was 100%. I wanted to see Luca try to do what he normally does at a lesser percentage of health against Boston Switch. Because Robert Williams took turns switching on him. Al Horford took turns switching on him. If he's gonna, if he's going to like beat you at you know driving to the rim, if he's if he's going to beat you that way, then okay, then you adjust. But I really wanted to see the Celtics put him to the test, and, and I just don't think they did it enough. A lot of times on the double teams, they just were slow rotating. They they should be better at this, but Everything was like a half second too slow. The Celtics did a good job of eventually, like if you, it's almost like if you were watching me talk right now, but my words were just a a half second out of sync, you'd be like, this is very disconcerting. I know what they're trying to do. I know what John's trying to say, but man, this is bothersome. This is the exact same thing when I was watching the Celtics defense. It was, I know what they're trying to do. I just wanted to like switch just a half second later or sooner. And, oh, okay, then great, great challenges, great rotations, get out to the shooters, all of that stuff. But because they were late, they were getting blown by. And then it didn't take much, a couple of kicks. And then eventually it just fell further and further out of sync. So what ends up happening? Dorian Finney-Smith goes off gets 19 points and hits seven of 11, four of seven from three. Jalen Brunson, who's already good, gets six of 12 from from the field, two of four from three. Those are guys who had a lot of the overflow offense. Spencer Dinwiddie, who hit that game winning shot, three of six from three, too many opportunities. They shot 40.5%, 15 of 37 from three. Boston shot, shot nine. Did I just drop a wicked Boston accent there? Boston shot. They shot nine to 37. (laughs) Something just dropped out of me. Uh, Maybe it's a time change. It just kicked in an old accent that I thought I'd gotten gotten rid of. Both teams took 37 (laughs) three-pointers. The Celtics hit nine. uh, And Dallas hit 15. Which you could say, that's the game right there. And I think part of why they hit 15 is because of the way the Celtics played their defense. A lot of talk here in the last five minutes. I just rewatched the last five minutes of the game. Uh, really, it was at, it started in the last basically two minutes where the Celtics, this game turned at a minute and a half to go, 136. The Celtics get this rebound. Uh, they work it back out. Tatum. Tatum gets doubled. He goes to swing it over to Jalen Brown. It's just off by six inches, and Jalen has to reach back for it. It ends up being a turnover. 
Jalen tries, you know, basically fouls Luka Doncic and in, and they had, they inbound the ball and that, that next trip down is where they score. Um, but the, uh, it, what happened was, uh, Dodgers hit the three, hit the three in Robert Williams face. Okay, fine. He hits the three. Um, they had, he had made mistakes. He had turned the ball over on switches. I'm fine with him hitting that three. Don't overreact to him hitting that three. That's, that was fine. But what that was, was a missed opportunity for the Celtics. They could have gone up 94, 89 or 95, 89. That would have been a two score game. Luka comes down, hits the three to tie it. Tatum comes down, misses an, an elbow jumper, and then here you go. They, they switch, they, they double Luka, and there's more scrambling. Um, I just didn't like, I just didn't like the, the way that went, uh, especially, especially late, especially when switching on him worked fine, worked fine. And I know you're afraid Luka's going to be the guy that hits that shot, but um, if anything, I would have told Rob, just, you could be a, just a tiny bit closer. You could be a tiny bit closer, a little further up. Celtics bigs have been slipping a little bit lately, playing too far off of the, the shooters that they switch on to. I think that needs to be addressed. Um, other, big, other big thing here that people, um, at least you know, on Twitter and you know, get, during the course of the game, uh, the foul. So it's, it's a three-point game. Um, Marcus Smart on the left wing takes a three-pointer. Luca, after he releases the shot, gives him that little high five, fouls him on the hand. Uh, they call a foul. Smart kind of flails. He falls down. He draws the foul. Uh, they review it. And I said, right as they went to review it, when I saw the replay, I said, Dallas is going to probably win this. They have a chance at winning this replay, the, the winning this challenge. Because in the NBA, when you release the shot, once that ball's out of your hands, a defender giving you that so-called high five is not a foul that's ruled incidental contact. I'm going to read directly from the rule book. Incidental contact with the hand against an offensive player shall be ignored if it does not affect the player's speed quickness, balance, and or rhythm. It is in the NBA's estimation that once the ball is released, the ball is on its way, it's spinning, it's off your fingers. If a player hits your hand at that point, it does not affect your speed, your quickness, your balance, or rhythm. The shot is gone and it's going to go in that shot was absolutely not affected by the, the hand, by the high five. Now, had Luca run through Marcus Smart, then you could say it does impact the speed, quickness, balance, rhythm, because it took him out of the play. If that was a long rebound back to him, that would have taken him out of the play. So, But because Marcus fell on his own, and it was just a high five, and he embellished that was not a foul. That is, I hate to say it, that's the correct call. Now, you can come at me and say, well, other players get that call. Well, then the refs get it wrong in that situation. They got it right. They got it right. That is the exact interpretation of how things 
uh, how that play should be called every time in the NBA. I will, let me just address this one thing because if there's anything out of this game that is worth an extensive discussion, and maybe when I get Tom Westerholm on tomorrow, we'll have an extensive discussion. The uh, Jalen Brown dunk on Maxi Kleber was insane. Oh my God, what a ridiculous dunk. And I know after the dunk that play was going the other way. There was no foul on that. On that. Um, and I was watching E-Man the silence. He's like, go get back, get back, get back. But Jalen caught Kleber clean, square up, body to body. They actually hit and he rose up further and dunk. He could have put his whole damn arm in the rim. That was when you say catching a body, that was a he dunked on Kleber. That's not one of those kind of like the guy sort of goes up to challenge it and it looks nice. And oh, he dunked on him. No, this was the epitome of a posterization. This was the perfect posterization. And Jalen comes down, he's ah, and he looks up, and there's Kevin Garnett giving ah, <laughs> big, you know, big dap right there. And then Jalen's like, oh crap, I gotta get back. But in that moment, oh my God, if, if you could, if you dunk on somebody and Kevin Garnett is in the front row and he gets up and he's ready to give you five, you do it. And then you get back on defense. Special dispensation for not getting back for, for Jalen Brown. That dunk was awesome. All right. Let's get to the KG ceremony next. And we will, we'll get deeper into this stuff tomorrow for sure. But I definitely want to touch on the KG ceremony when I come back. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I know we're in March and you've given up on, on New Year's resolutions, but this is a great way. Let's get back into them because this is it serves as a way to help get back into the into shape and as a reward because it tastes like a candy bar. All right. Or if you want the Bill Puffs, if you like marshmallow, you get this like protein infused marshmallow, these uh, churro flavored puffs, whatever you want. If it's a puff, if it's the bar, go to built.com. You can cruise through and see. Go to the gym. You do your cardio, you lift a few weights. This is going to be great because you're you're bringing in 130 calories or so, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Not enough calories to blow out your cardio. You're still burning more calories than you're taking in. And the protein is going to help you build your muscles. It works. So whatever type of flavor you like, it's there. If you've got a nut allergy, fine. They've got options for you. If you're on this keto diet, if you want to try that, this works. It, it, it's approved for that. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off every single time. So go try a sampler box. Pick a flavor you think you might like, whichever one it is. If you want to try the bar, if then you want to try the puffs, do that. Then you, you decide, hey, wow, I love this particular flavor. Go use LOCKED15 again. 15% off every time you order at built.com. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about Locked On Now making that your second listen every day? Great recap of the night in the NBA. Both sides will give you a take. 
for a couple of minutes so you get both sides of the story. Super cool there. Uh, great podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's on the Locked on NBA YouTube feed. I also want to say thank you to so many people over the past couple of games who've come over and said hi, um, taking a picture with me in the media section. If you're ever at the Garden, Section 19, which is by the player tunnel, so you got the Celtics bench, that little tunnel people go in, the, the guys go in where Jason Tatum rides his bike. Right in that area, right above that is where the media sits. Always love saying hi to people. Always love taking pictures, whatever it is. Super thankful. So super thankful for everybody who's come up and said, hey, it's my first listen every morning. It's so, I love it so much. So shout out to everybody who's come up over the past few days, who's ever come up. Like, I'm, I'm so psyched. Very touched that people want to do that. All right, let's get into this KG ceremony, which I thought was a nice ceremony. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen in something like this? They drag it on with some ill-conceived kind of, you know, program, and you try too hard. They they did a very good job. They The game ends. You, we get about 25 minutes or so. We ran back. Like, <laughs> we ran back. We talked to Ime Adoka. We talked to Al Horford. It's like, okay, everybody, go this way. Get back out there. Uh, as soon as I sat back down in my seat, the, the the horn sounded, and we're starting the the program. Not too many words, not too many people, not too many speakers. Mike Gorman did a good job. Very limited kind of program. Paul Pierce talked. KG talked. We got some words from the owners. We got some video tributes. Uh, they didn't get like 20 people talking where it's, Everybody feels compelled to say something and some people can't shut up um, and it drags on and on and on. You're like, okay, great. Yeah. You love them too. We all love KG. Right. Um, so I'm glad that they didn't go like, okay, now here's James Posey. Now here's Eddie house. Now here's this guy. Like good. Um, I thought it was great that they had the video. Uh, the people who couldn't attend, we had the video tributes, Rondo, uh, Bill Russell, Kevin McHale, uh, a lot of greats. Uh, this wasn't in the, in the retirement ceremony, but I have to bring up the Kenny G Kenny G did a video tribute from one KG to another. Uh, that was weird. That was funny as all hell. Um, and KG seemed to appreciate it, but we had like a Kenny G playing that little alto sax thing. Like that was, that was a thing that happened. Uh, but anyway, uh, a nice, a nice thing. Uh, they gave they gave KG some gifts, a great painting, um, a replica of the banner, a piece of the old parquet, which was nice. They didn't dwell on any one of those two, one of those things, but they all looked great. And then it was a, a nice uh, interview with Scal. Uh, Scal and KG talked for a few minutes, and you know you get the then you get the stories. And KG is so expressive. He is such a natural storyteller. I think people who are actors uh, will look at KG and what he does naturally and be like, I'm working for years to try to get your level of expressiveness in your, in your face and your level of storytelling. KG telling stories is like, I mean, you watch his documentary, you watch anything extended that he does. You see, he's like, he, his face lights up. He's got these big, like wide eyed kind of moments. And like, he, he, he acts out his emotions 
acts out what's going on um, extraordinarily well. The arm wrestling story is the the story that they tell is in a nutshell, and you need to watch it. Uh, But in a nutshell, some on one of these flights that they're on in the 2008 season, Glenn Davis is arm wrestling people and he's just beating a bunch of guys. And then Paul Pierce chimes in and is like, you bet you couldn't beat, you know, bet you can't beat ticket. Uh, <laughs> KG in the thing tells the story. He's like, Oh, Oh me, you want me. So, uh, and, and Garnett proceeds to beat however many people he needs to beat in this, in this thing. Now, when Kevin Garnett's telling this story, it some, somehow it's more subdued during the game. There's a Kendrick Perkins version of the story where, um, KG has now gone shirtless and he is, he has beaten all comers and he gets onto the plane's PA system. And at this point, there are media people traveling with the team, which used to happen. And there's a contingent of media that actually would travel on the team plane. And there were like season ticket holders. There are people who had won contests, like fly to the game with the team. And so there's a section of the plane that has fans, just fans, and a section of the team that has like some media members. And media members on the planes, basically, it's... It's understood. I've never done this. So I, I, there was never, I was never on one of these flights. Um, but it's understood. Like this is off the record stuff. Like we're, we're not writing about, you know, the reporters aren't writing about the stuff that this is, this is sanctuary for the players. And this is probably why the media doesn't travel on those flights anymore. I think all you get is like team employee media, like Mark D'Amico and those, and those folks who are actually Celtics employees. But there are people who are witnessing Kevin Garnett basically in a frenzy, shirtless, on the on the PA system, on the on the intercom there, telling everybody there's only one silverback on this plane with a lot of colorful language that I am not really supposed to use on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. But basically, that story has become the just if there's one story that encapsulates everything about the 2008 season it's the arm wrestling story because it's got kg being a a crazy lunatic it's got pierce kind of involved in egging him on it's got other guys kind of like these support guys trying to keep up and not being able to it just it, it just sums everything you got doc rivers uh in one version of the story just telling guys don't hurt yourselves uh kg tells a story at the ceremony saying like ed lacert their trainer at that point is like sweating bullets because he's got all these guys like arm wrestling. And even KG was saying like, why are you guys arm wrestling? You guys, what, we got a game tomorrow. Like, you know, What's going on? And then KG gets dragged into it. His competitiveness. Awesome. Um, the, the story with the in the air tonight by Phil Collins kind of always getting him going. Like he says, I can't, go to these games with my kids and they play the song. Cause I, every time I hear the song, I get into this place also tells you a lot about Kevin Garnett where he just, he gets into these zones. He puts himself into these places. I don't know how it's possible to do, but he does. 
So they play that song as he's raising the banner. And you can see, like, he actually pauses in one point raising the banner. He's like tapping his chest. And he's like, almost like he's sucking himself up. Like, come on, come on, come on. He starts to cry. He's got one tear coming down his cheek. It was a very poignant moment. You can see him kind of like, wow, like, oh my God, that's my number. I don't think anybody can capture how, what a, uh, what an honor it is for just anybody to any, any franchise to retire a number to say, you're so good. You're so special that we can't put this, we can't give anybody else this number. That's, that's amazing to me. Then for it to be the Celtics, you know, he's looking up and he's got Paul and, uh, you know, on that banner, you got Maxwell and Parrish and I think birds on that. And Mikhail's on that one. There's like, this is, you look at those numbers and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Even though you're KG and you're like the alpha male silverback and you, in that moment, he's the kid from, you know, South Carolina high school kid in Chicago. And he's like, Oh my God, you can see it hit him there. But of course the best moment of the, the night is when he turns around, he says, uh, I'm so happy to see Ray Allen here. And he's like, Ray, you're next. Whoa. Whoa. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, Ray's here. That's nice. KG going, Ray, you're next? Ooh. Different level. I'm going to talk about that. Next, first, bet online has you covered for everything. College basketball, the brackets are out. Providence, the fourth seed. Love to see that. Uh, so the tournament's here for all the latest odds, contests, player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and information. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. Of course, it's not just basketball. It's your continued source for all your sporting, wagering, information needs, including live betting, and your favorite Vegas casino games, head on over to the website, use your mobile device, learn about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. So we knew Ray Allen was going to be there. Um, once the uh, All-Star Game photo was taken, and it was clear that, okay, this is, this is trending towards a resolution, um, and you hear that, oh, there's an invitation out for Ray. You knew Ray is going to be there. So Ray Allen shows up. And I'm thinking, this is great. We're, we're going to have a nice moment. Ray is there. Ray's going to sit down. He's going to clap nicely. Uh, we're going to acknowledge all the people. He's going to say thank you. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Ray. Thanks to everybody. And that was going to be it. When he turns around and he says, it's good to see Ray Allen here, man. Real shit. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's good. And then he says, it's good to see you here, Ray. You next. Whoa. You, wait a minute. You next? You, you mean with the number? Yeah, with the number. Now, I've been anti-Ray Allen number retirement. I I've even been like, KG, KG had to change the entire culture to, I think, earn the number retirement. 
And as Tom Westerholm has said, like that number has been given out before. So other people have worn it, but other people wore Cedric Maxwell's number, which was a, a, a funny joke. We, you know, I was at the, the Celtics had a reunion kind of event on Saturday at Encore where, that I was at. And, you know, um, Gary Washburn of the Globe asks Maxwell, uh, uh, what was it like to see Mikey Moore wear your number? <laughs> and Max is like disrespectful in total Max fashion. Um, and he listed out some of the other guys that wore his number before it got retired. So it's not unprecedented that the Celtics would give out a number and give out a number to somebody who's like just some dude, not like who could potentially have that number retired later. Um, and so the Celtics, but anyway, so Ray Allen's number 20, is it going to go? Is it not going to go? I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to have my opinion changed by what Kevin Garnett says, but let's start here. The fact that Kevin Garnett has put this behind us, like KG has spoken, right? Whether the number gets retired or not, we can say, ah, heat of the moment, whatever. But KG has spoken. The Ray stuff is done. The Ray Allen, Boston Celtics animosity, it's over. Because it started with KG, and everybody followed KG's lead. And now KG says, it's done. I'm putting it past. KG, if anything, like he, holds, he can hold a grudge. He can carry that stuff with him. And he says, no more. So hopefully, KG as the lead, the silverback, the alpha, has because he has spoken, more people will fall in line and say, okay, if, if KG can get past it, I can get past it. It's been, what, he let, 10, 11, 12 years now? I think it's I think it's a fair amount of time. Now I I admit I, I've I've been past like I'm I never I understood I understood why he left. Uh, we can we can say the the way he did it and all of that stuff. I'm not going to go through all that again. My position has been made clear multiple times. Uh, I've never really harbored any sort of back before I was covering the team for a living, and I could just be free to you know be a fan. I wasn't one of the people who was like, oh, boo, Ray Allen. Like, I, I, like it sucked that he left and he went to Miami and LeBron and they won a championship and all that stuff. I understood why KG kind of carried it with him a bit and, and all of that stuff. Now it's, it's very well past time. And, and if KG has blessed this, then I say follow his lead. Ray Allen even said it. said, it did center around Kevin and myself because I did get the sense that the people here felt how Kevin felt. Once he accepted me, then the people accepted me. That was the sense. I was glad we could do that and people could see we won with this guy in 2008 and that's what matters most. The fans in the, in the building, when they said Ray Allen, everybody cheered. And if anybody booed, it was the spotty because it sounded like raucous cheers to me. 
when Ray got up after KG said what he said and they hugged, that was a huge moment. Then Paul Pierce comes in and ah, hugs everybody. And now you're like, well, there you go. Now, wipe your hands. It's all done. It's clear. Um, the, the notion that Kevin throws his weight behind the number retirement is interesting. And I don't know how the team is going to react. I think the team has its opinions. But again, the team kind of follows Kevin Garnett's lead. If Kevin Garnett is okay with it, and the Celtics see some benefit to it, then why not? Like, if the Celtics see, you know, what? why not? Why, why not put his number up? Like, there, there are arguments. There are certainly arguments for him to put his number up there. You may not agree with them, but they're arguments. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I don't agree with them necessarily, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and, like, throw a fit and be like, oh, God, the Celtics are, you know, whatever. Like, we can say that the Celtics are retiring too many numbers and, you know, we're running out. That, that That's something that, that can certainly be said for sure. But this moment, this moment I thought was touching. I thought, thought the whole thing was, was great. And I thought the fact that this went the way it went, it made for the entire ceremony to be a very special day uh, done basically perfectly. Um, KG was great. The, the stories he told were great. The words he said, you know, afterwards, you know, loving Boston, starting off with the, you know, I'm going to clean it up a little bit, but saying, I knew you all messed with me, but I didn't know you messed with me this much. Obviously, mess is a different four-letter word. But um, that, that, that whole thing, you can see, you see KG is ready to move on past the race stuff, uh, ready to just accept everything uh, the moment and, and just feel everything, uh, that was happening in this, in this day. It was a great, great, great day. The loss had no bearing on this whatsoever. Um, and it was great that he acknowledged the current team. And I hope that the current team sat there and heard the stories of KG's ridiculous work ethic and, and saw like, this is what it takes. Like Jason Tatum has seen the Paul Pierce number retirement. He's been in the building talking to the, the 75th, uh, the 75 greatest at all-star weekend. He's now been through this. If there's any message that gets through, this one is the one that I want to get through. Relentless work, relentless pursuit of improving yourself, improving your game and being the best possible teammate that you can be gets you to this level. It makes you this special. I hope the guys on the team saw that and took it to heart because that's, that's what pure basketball is. And it's tough in the NBA because there's so much money and it's such a business and guys can get traded and there's free agency and there's always hurt feelings and there's always pettiness, but it's possible. It exists. And Kevin Garnett is the example. So I'm glad that they got to see it. I'm glad that I got to see it. Um, that was that was a, a wild a wild day uh, in Boston for me. A long day in Boston too. And now that day is over because I'm wrapping up the podcast and thanking you for watching and for listening to the podcast. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Again, so many people have come up to me in person. And thank you so so much. Um, 
very thrilled that people are, are listening and watching and hopefully that continues and hopefully I get a few more people listening and watching because, you know, that helps me out. This is what I do for a living. So if you are not a subscriber and you're still here and listening and watching, then hit the subscribe button wherever you got your podcast. If you are listening and watching and you are subscribed, you got to tell your friends, you got to tell your family, you got to tell everybody who asks about, hey, I want more. I want more Celtics coverage. Nah, you got to tell them that they need to be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast. It's here on the Locked On Podcast Network.